guys, welcome back to the podcast for another episode of Polymath Martial Arts with James Bannister. So the first thing we're going to talk about on the podcast was the recent uh, combat jiu-jitsu tournament that was put on by Eddie Bravo and was cast on UFC Fight Pass. I thought this was a um, really good tournament. Um, basically all of the combat jiu-jitsu tournaments have been really entertaining and some of these matches, people sort of stalled out a little bit and weren't that great. But overall, it was extremely exciting, especially considering the um, final with Yuri Simos and John Thor was not even a very long match. It was only about three minutes long, but it was extremely entertaining and back and forth exchange of techniques. It looked like uh, John Thor really was going to finish with a heel hook pretty early on at about the three minute mark. He was very close to a heel hook and you'll notice after the match Yuri Simos they asked him how close it was and he said it was very close so it was it very could easily have been a win for John Thor but he was able to follow the pain and rotate out and then attempted for almost a back take, which John Thor countered. What's really interesting, though, is in the finishing sequence, Yuri Simos sits back for a toe hold, and John Thor has access to Yuri Simos's leg for a heel hook. But it must have been a bit of a tight toe hold for him to bail on the heel hook and turn out tried to turn out to rotate and free his knee line, and as he did so, Yuri Simos caught a knee bar and got to tap. So actually it was about five minutes, so it was a little bit longer than that. But um, very interesting finish. Obviously it wasn't the bracket that we expected. We were expecting uh, Gordon Ryan, Fabrizio Verdum, Rustam Chiziev, and uh, Josh Barnett which that obviously fell apart as soon as Gordon Ryan hurt his knee. But it looks like we're going to get to see Gordon Ryan versus Fabricio Verdum later this year. So we'll be looking forward to that. Um, a lot of things to take away from that. And it, it does seem like maybe there's a bit of a less focus on knee bars. And that's something that people need to start studying and implementing more into their game where maybe they've gotten a little too focused on the heel hook and the danger of the heel hook that they find themselves falling right into knee bars and things like that. I've seen that quite a bit lately. So that was the main thing I took away from that is that you can't forget that knee bar. It definitely can be still a great submission to chain together with your heel hooks, toe holds, and ankle locks. Another tournament I watched um, over the weekend, about a week ago actually, I watched the uh, Finishers Sub-Only Tournament um, that they hold, run by 10th Planet Bethlehem and Show the Art. Uh, I was really, really impressed with the production quality of this tournament. There was a couple of hiccups with the live stream, but other than that, it was a really good show. Um, a lot of the guys who competed have been in EBI and other larger tournaments. So a couple of things that stood out were um, I saw a, a weird amount of people trying to do calf slicers from like uh, leg lock positions. 
not like the from truck not from truck so from positions where they're much lower percentage like they almost never you almost never see anyone get tapped at this so often from like a leg drag position where they're getting their guard pass they would use their legs and brace with their forearm inside and try to get a calf slicer or knee separator um, it was very surprising to see so many people try this and then in one of the matches where I think the opponent was uh, Gabe Tejada who's opening up 10th Planet Miami the guy he was going against tried the uh, calf slicer and broke his own arm so definitely uh, something to be wary of if you are trying that submission a lot let me see if I can look at the clip here yeah so he puts his arm on the inside and breaks his own forearm so definitely something to watch out for if you're going to be trying the submission I still haven't seen anyone actually get a tap with it so I can't really speak on that but it just seems like somewhat of a weak submission and it's often happening in the leg drag position or in the shin slice position and it broke right in the middle of his forearm so that's definitely not something you want to feel you know especially when they're doing this and they have an underhook the person on top has an underhook there's just no way you're going to get that kind of leverage to actually do any kind of damage and they're not going to tap to that but uh, definitely respect to Gabe Tejada who realized that his opponent broke his arm and, and even uh, tapped out stopped the match there to let him know <laughs> as you can see he breaks it and uh, doesn't even seem to notice at first because his arm is pretty much trapped in there breaks his own arm yeah so definitely something to watch out for if you're going to be trying any kind of like calf slicers with your arm which is one reason why the calf slicers in the truck are a lot more effective because you're using your legs as the uh, wedge you're not using your forearm which can be a pretty weak choice for um, wedging with a couple other things um, obviously you had some really great matches with uh, Keith Krikorian going with Frank Rosenthal I've been kinda of waiting to see that one for a bit um, JM Holland had some good stuff there was also Sheridan Moran looked really good had really really good showing ended up losing in the finals to Keith Krikorian uh, so overall just a really good tournament and it was completely free Oh, also Emilio Hernandez the uh, scramble king is really really fun to watch he has a really good movement and is pretty much always pressing forward so he had a good match with JM Holland and oh, excuse me I think he was in the finals actually with uh, Keith Krikorian let me see yeah that's right alright so um that was uh, definitely a good tournament I can't wait for the next finishers so that's something to look out for definitely a lot of tape to study so um, we will definitely be talking about that again soon the next thing we're going to go over is um, I took a group of my karate students to the Goodwill Karate Tournament up in Beaufort, South Carolina. This is a really good tournament that I've been going to for probably over a decade and is a really good way for kids to get out and compete against people they don't normally train with. And they even get to 
see a lot of other styles, uh, such as Kung Fu or Taekwondo, and see how they can compete against those, which it definitely changes the sparring a lot, because the Taekwondo practitioners obviously focus more on kicks, whereas uh, someone doing karate or kung fu are going to be a little bit more balanced between their the amount of kicks and punches that they throw. So their range is always going to be a little bit different. So I really like for my students to get in there and be able to practice against those different styles. Um, everybody did really well, and it ended up being just a really good tournament, a good turnout. We had about four competitors and in all different age brackets. So we had some guys as young as like four, and then our oldest guy was about 14. So it's primarily a kid's tournament, and uh, that's who we took with us to the tournament. Next up, we had a um, one of our jiu-jitsu students participate in a tournament in Jacksonville, Florida at 10th Planet Jacksonville, where they put on what they call the... Um, I think it's the Jacksonville Submission Series, but basically it's for white and blue belts to get out there and compete under EBI rules, which, as far as I'm concerned, is the best jiu-jitsu rule set there is. Basically, they had eight minutes of regulation time to try to tap each other out, and then if no one is submitted, they get to go to an overtime where they choose a dominant position such as the mount, I mean, excuse me, the back, or an armbar position and they get a chance to try to tap the other person out and vice versa uh, to see who's going to get either the first tap, fastest tap, or the quickest escape. So um, that was our student Aaron Warden, and he did really well. He didn't win his matches, but he definitely had some really good moments in them where you could see how we're going to be able to develop some of his attacking techniques. So. One big thing about this year so far is that we've been already doing way more tournaments, competitions. So I think that's only going to mean that we're just going to be that much better by the end of the year. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how that unfolds, including um, we'll be in Daytona competing at the Laleo Code tournament next weekend. So that'll be another chance to get in there and get some experience on that and compete. So I'm looking forward to that, and it looks like we might have a few people competing for that one. So I'll definitely do a recap podcast on that and kind of go over some of the things that happened. All right, guys, and that's going to be it for the podcast today. Not a lot of um, concepts or philosophy, mostly just some recaps on some of the tournaments we've been doing recently. And uh, I'll see you guys next time.